amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Farsi Show. My name's Mark Farzetta. We got so much to get to because that uh, football game last night lasted 17 hours. Uh, at least it felt like that. And it, it reminded me almost of Rob Thompson's comments about playing at uh, Citizens Bank Park, you know, three hours, three and a half hours of hell or whatever the quote was, right? Three hours of hell. Um, there at, uh, at Lincoln Financial Field, it was like five hours of hell having to watch that particular game. Hey, look, Tanner McKee is actually fun to watch because he can move the football. It was just unfortunate that his receivers couldn't catch the football for him, one of them being in the end zone. Uh, look, in my mind, when you watch one player play better than another player, that player that's playing better is the better player. <laughs> that player is trying to win a better job in training camp, in preseason. And Tanner McKee is a guy that looks like he is winning a better job in the preseason by the way he's playing. And Marcus Mariota looks like a guy that is losing a job with the way that he is playing. Uh, but uh, Nick Sirianni, we'll let you hear from him after the game, said that that is Marcus Mariota's job. So we will get to that conversation today. We'll get to the conversation of Tyler Steen, his struggles in the game last night. Nicobe Dean uh had a major gaffe i will i will say this it is very difficult for any defensive player to hit a quarterback or really a player at any time uh and i think he was he made a mistake he did he made a mistake that's the bottom line you have to be in better control but to anticipate a quarterback to ask a defensive player and this is the rule in the nfl it's just not my problem with the eagles or the officiating last night at all this is they did the right thing they called the penalty because it was a penalty but man it is tough for a defensive player it, not just the kobe dean any defensive player to hold up when you're going full speed you see a run you see a quarterback you see a runner with the football close to the goal line and you have to judge at about a four yard distance all right, uh, do I hit him or is he going to slide? And he was already wound up to make a hit. Just then uh, Thompson Robinson went into slide and then he hit his helmet. And then, of course, he came up with the big play in knocking that football loose. Uh, so we'll get into that conversation today, what Nicobe Dean looked like. Stock up, stock up, stock down throughout the entire Eagles roster. Uh, what, 11 penalties last night? We'll hear from Nick Sirianni on that. Uh, and uh, just a slew of injuries. Jeez Louise, ladies and gentlemen. Tyree Cleveland, stretcher. Uh, Mauro Jomo, stretcher. 
Nolan Smith, he seems to be fine now. Josh Andrews has an ankle injury. He should be fine. Uh, Zach McPherson, uh, most difficult injury to uh, uh, to assess right now, but he might be the most serious as well. Uh, uh, Olamide Zacchaeus seems like he's fine as well, but six guys go down for the Eagles last year or last night. The one that really made us all gasp was Nolan Smith. And sure enough, I just put out a tweet about how, how excited I was about Nolan Smith. I am so excited. My level of comparison for excitement when it came to Nolan Smith was I am Sam Bradford, Green Bay preseason excited. That's the level of excitement I'm at when it comes to Nolan Smith and Sidney Brown, as a matter of fact, who had a quieter game last night. Uh, but still, I'm expecting big things from him in his rookie season. Um, so Nolan Smith goes out there and he gets hurt. Unfortunately, he has a couple quarterback rushes. He's in on a couple defensive plays. He played really well for the time that he was in there, uh, including the pursuit that he made on the play that he was actually hurt. Uh, so we'll talk about that today. But uh, it's just it's still good to see Nolan Smith out there. Nonetheless, uh, play football. But 11 penalties, six guys hurt. Uh, by my count, he had four drops just on Tanner McKee alone. And then Marcus Mariota sailed two really bad passes. And one of those passes came down as an interception. Uh, I think both of them were actually to uh, Grant Calcaterra. Uh, so we'll I'll break that down. Uh, it was a it was a wild game last night. We'll also get into the Phillies starting a three game series with the Washington Nationals tonight in D.C. Uh, they play two games in Nationals Park and then they go to uh, Williamsport to play the Little League World Series game. So that's a uh, fun little thing there. Uh, and we also have the latest on James Harden because you're not going to believe this. Uh, so James Harden spoke in China. And then James Harden spoke again yesterday in Houston. Uh, he was at a, I think, a basketball camp, his own basketball camp, and he was back in the states. And he was given, and he was doing an interview, and he was actually asked the question after he. Now, good for the reporter. They 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 got the good soundbite and all that, but they actually asked James Harden, "Is your relationship with Daryl Morey beyond repair?" Yeah, I think so. <laughs> was his answer? Did he repair that relationship? I don't think so. All right. Well, really, after you called the guy a liar and he repeated it, so you were absolutely clear. Oh, it's beyond repair. However, he did say, for all the people, and myself included, that were uh, saying that uh, James Harden was going to put on the old fat suit there, which is a, a possibility. He said he is going to stay in shape this offseason. And he's willing to wait it out for as long as it takes. Cool. Cool. This will be fun. We're all having fun. All right, let's start it off with the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I, before I even get to anything regarding anything that really matters in the game, there's one thing I got to talk about, uh, and that's my man, Sidney Brown, okay? I am still riding the Sidney Brown hype train despite the fact that he did not lead the, lead, lead the team in tackles last night. Zach uh, Cunningham actually led the team in tackles, and uh, Kayvon Wallace led the team in tackles last night. Uh, you had a couple of guys that go out, go out there in this game and have uh, seven tackle performances. Uh, Wallace, Cunningham. Wallace had six solo tackles. Cunningham had four solo tackles. Zach McPherson was getting picked on something terrible. He had six tackles, one solo. Um, but here's what I got to get into. So Sidney Brown goes to the game last night and before Scott Graham could even announce like that Sidney Brown was in the game. He said, Oh, here's Sidney Brown. Boom. Made a play came from the other side of the field. Something he did regularly in that Ravens game came from the other side of the field to make a play on the ball. And it was fantastic. Now, after that, he really didn't do much. However, in the second quarter of last night's game, there was a play uh, to the right. 
uh, a run play to the right. And Sidney Brown came up recognizing the run play and he wanted to make a stop at the line of scrimmage. So he enters the box and goes in. And Zaire Mitchell Payton, I believe is how you say his name, is a six foot five, 256 pound tight end. He breaks off the line of scrimmage to make a block upfield. He finds Sidney Brown. They lock up for a second. And then Sidney Brown, okay, blocking or trying to get through a block on a 6'5, 256 pound tight end. Sidney Brown is uh, five foot, uh, excuse me, five foot 10. 211 pounds. So he's at a, what is that? A seven inch disadvantage. He is at a 45. He is at a 45 pound disadvantage. And he swatted Zaire Mitchell Payton to the side. Like he was a rag doll and continued pursuit of the ball carrier. Uh, Maybe I'll get an opportunity to tweet this out later, but, uh, he just had his hands on him and just whap right hand threw him out of his way and uh, went on to pursue the ball carry. He didn't end up making the play, but he put himself in a position to at least be around the football. Um, so that's when you say a guy's always around the football. It's not always a, a clear path to being around the football all the time. You got to clear your own space. So I loved seeing that. Uh, one of the things about uh, City Brown that uh, John McMullen pointed out last night and Tim McManus is actually going to join uh, from ESPN. Tim McManus is going to join Derek Gunn and I. I'm, si- I'm sitting in again for Rob Ellis on Sports Take later today from 12 to 3. I think 1230, Tim McManus is going to join us. But uh, John McMullen credited Tim with this thought. One of the things we're all saying about Sidney Brown uh, is how great he is to get after the ball carrier, uh, how fast he plays. He's like a heat-seeking missile and all that stuff. And he can make some big plays. That's not necessarily a good thing for the Eagles. And, and in the Eagles' mind, this is why that's not a good thing. And I find this to be horribly fascinating, okay? One of the things that's not going to change from Jonathan Gannon to Sean Desai is that the Eagles bottom line, Nick Sirianni, what he likes from his defense. This is the, the blueprint that he likes his uh, defense to have is you don't give up the big play. You don't give up the big play. Jonathan Gannon will allow, you know, 17 play drives, uh, 18 play drives. He would do that. I think we can ex- expect the same type of thing from Sean Desai and having an offense be able to dink and dunk their way down the field because you're playing back because you don't want to get beat. And your maybe your corners, your safeties are going to be in a position where they can't be ball hawks. They can't try to jump a route. They can't do the Asante Samuel uh, gamble when it comes to trying to get after a, a, maybe a, a slightly errant pass that you feel like you could jump the route of. Don't give up the big play. Sidney Brown is a guy that is looking for the big play. Uh, he, at the NFL level, has to understand the difference between gambling and then waiting for your opportunity. When they talk about his speed and his pursuit, it doesn't necessarily match up with what the Eagles like from their defense. That's horrifying to me because to me, that means you're playing timid. You're playing scared. You're waiting for the mistake as opposed to making the mistake happen. That's what drove me so crazy about year one of Jonathan Gannon. Year two of Jonathan Gannon, your defense was going off, getting sacks left and right. So it was hard to say, oh, they're not aggressive. Well, yeah, they might not be aggressive in terms of blitzing, but they're aggressive in terms of winning their battles and getting after the quarterback and forcing mistakes. And for a long time during last season, the Eagles were one of the best teams in the NFL at forcing takeaways. So it's hard to make the argument that they weren't aggressive enough. 
but Sidney Brown and his position where you're supposed to be one of the deepest men on the field. Uh, a lot of the times uh, that might not go to his benefit. The fact that he plays so fast and he plays so downhill. Um, I'd rather have the guy that plays fast. I'd rather have the guy that plays downhill. I, I look, it, it comes down to smarts. If he's attacking the ball carrier, then go make that play. If he's in coverage, well, then you got to play, unfortunately, by Sidney Brown standards, most likely uh, a little bit passive. So that's something that uh, I know we'll get into today with uh, Tim McManus when we talk to him, uh, Gunner and I on Sports Take from uh, 12 to 3. Uh, but that's just a question I'll have for him. John McMullen passed along that information, and it was literally the first thing I thought of when I woke up. The other thing I thought of uh, was the first thing, the second thing I thought of was I was like, damn, that was a long game. Yeah, it was a long as hell game. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to get those th- things in there about Sidney Brown. All right, let's start it off with Nicobe D. Not particularly a great uh, appearance there by Nicobe Dean, especially with the penalty. Uh, they didn't put him in the backfield much. Um, saw him get blocked in a couple plays. It's his feet wet. I'm not freaking out. I'm not losing my mind over one preseason start for Nicobe Dean. The bottom line is they needed a play made at the at the line of scrimmage excuse me, at the goal line. And Nicobe Dean did the three things on one play that we said he could do, right? He showed his smarts, he read the play, and he used his speed to get into the backfield and disrupt. Not only did he just disrupt, but he forced the ball loose and the Eagles ended up getting the ball deep in their own territory and ended up, of course, leading to a safety by Kenny Gainwell. Thanks, Josh Dills, for that one. But anyway, uh, he stepped up and he made the play. You saw Nick Sirianni jump up and down on the sideline. He went over to Nicobe Dean. Nicobe Dean came over and he slapped high fives with him and all that stuff. Uh, that was great. I love seeing it because he showed the things that we knew he could do in college. He showed him at the NFL level, albeit preseason. Showed the smarts, recognized the play, made a good pursuit, got through the line of scrimmage, shot the gap, and made the fumble happen. If he could do that during the regular season, when a uh, number one running back has his hands on the football, then it's going to be a very good season for Nicobe Dean. And he's going to take away any doubt people have of him being uh, too small or not having enough experience to be a starting middle linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, he looked like a guy. He looked like the guy that we saw play at Georgia. He looked like a bulldog again. He looked like a broad street bulldog yesterday, like a financial field. Uh, generally speaking, not a great first day. Um, but he did make a great play. And the only thing I asked for was give me a Jalen Carter moment. Give me one moment. Now, and more snaps than two, which is what Jalen Carter had against the Ravens. But uh, give me give me a moment that I can just dine on until pre, until the preseason's over, until week one of the regular season. Give me one play to Kobe Dean. He gave me one play. So I got what I asked for. So I will say uh, stock up for the Kobe Dean after that. Uh I mentioned Sidney Brown. I didn't give you the stock up, the stock up or stock down. I'm going to go stock up still uh, after that performance uh, yesterday. Uh, let's stick with the linebackers here after N'Kobe Dean. Christian Ellis last night. That series he had in the third quarter, I think it was, where he came up with the tackle after uh, shedding a blocker. Came up with another tackle after shedding a blocker. And then came up with the pass breakup. All on one play. I should be all on one series. That is fantastic. That's where he really, I think, show, I mean, he was showing himself off all, all night uh, with his pursuit of the ball carrier, getting into the backfield, making tackles, shedding blocks, 
getting that pass breakup. I mean, he looked like a guy, I, I say it all the time, but he looked like a guy that absolutely belongs. I think it's going to come down to him and Zach Cunningham as the starters. I think Christian Ellis has a much better shot at being a starter than I thought originally. But I think the odd man out here is going to be Nicholas Morrow. Um, even for the, the the resume he compiled in Chicago, the show improved that he's a quality starting linebacker, not a pro bowler by any means, but quality. Uh, I think it's down to Christian Ellis and Zach, uh, Zach Cunningham as your starters next to the Kobe Dean, uh, who's going to be your middle linebacker. Uh, I did not expect that. I thought Christian Ellis uh, was turning some heads in training camp and certainly turned some heads last night and played well in the, in the first preseason game also, but uh, th- it's going to come down to him and Zach Cunningham. Now, speaking of Zach Cunningham, uh, early in the game, making plays late in the game, making plays for this team, uh, had a tackle for loss, uh, last night, uh, as well. Uh, so that was good to see that one came late in the game, but he did everything possible. By the way, speaking of tackles for loss, Chris, uh, Christian Ellis had two tackles for loss to leave the team last night. Uh, I believe he actually led the game. The only person with two tackles for loss last night was Christian Ellis. Uh, so you love to see that, but Zach McPherson, uh, excuse me, um, Zach Cunningham and Christian Ellison to come down to those two uh, as the final battle, I think, for the third or excuse me, the second linebacker spot next to Nicobe Dean. And then we know uh, Son Reddick will be worked in there. Understanding his thumb surgery, he's supposed to be ready for week one. So hopefully that's the case. Um, and then you're also going to have Nolan Smith mixed in there a lot as well with your edge rushers. So I look forward to seeing how that plays out. But uh, after last night, probably the guy that helped his stock the most would be uh, Christian Ellis. Uh, let me jump to the quarterback spot here for a second, okay? When it comes to Marcus Mariota, I, I found this troubling. So he struggled big time, okay? He had the interception last night, sailed a couple throws. In total, he was 9 of 17 passing for 86 yards and an interception. He was sacked three times. His pat, his quarterback rating was 42.8. All right, not his passer rating, his quarterback rating, 42.8. Holy stromboli. Okay. Um, Tanner McKee, on the other hand, was 10 of 18 for 147, including drops by Lorenzo Kane or Lorenzo Cain, uh, by uh, uh, Deion Kane, uh, Tyree Cleveland. Yes, he did drop the ball, unfortunately, on the play that he got hurt. Uh, Deion Kane had another drop in the back of the end zone after Tanner McKee made a great job of rolling to his right to, to buy time. And credit to Deion Kane making the play, running from the other side of the field to give his quarterback an opportunity to have a target. And he hit his target, and Deion Kane unfortunately dropped the football. So uh, if there is a backup quarterback competition, Tanner McKee is winning that by a mile. So here's what bothered me. Last night after the game, Nick Sirianni is addressing the media. And he goes out there and he's talking about how um, uh, they got to find out what Marcus Mariota does well. A lot of this is us finding out what Marcus Mariota does well. It's a lot of this is finding out what Marcus um, He's been in the league for a while, man. You signed him to be your backup quarterback. You didn't already know what Marcus Mariota did well? That doesn't make any sense, Nick. I like Nick Sirianni, but that doesn't make any damn sense. Then he was asked about drafting Tanner McKee in the sixth round and whether or not Tanner McKee is uh, surprising him with what he's doing in the preseason. And you know what he said? Well, we've done our homework on Tanner McKee. I'm like, have you never heard of Marcus Mariota before you signed him? What, is, what do you mean you got to find out what he does well? What do you mean? He's a quarterback. Throw the football accurately, please, and thank you, and that'd be good. Like grasping at straws. 
to try to say something nice about Marcus Mariota and then raving about Tanner McKee and then saying, oh, yeah, well, we know we, we did our homework. We knew what we were getting. Well, what about Marcus Mariota has been in the league for what is it, seven years? How long has Marcus Mariota been in the league now? What the hell? Yeah, uh, eight years. <laughs> we need to find out what he does well. Uh, I might be able to help with that. <laughs> RPO, not, not great at throwing the football. He's lost two starters' jobs at the NFL level. It's, yeah, okay. Not, nope. We didn't do that homework. We did it on the, you know, the six round pick out of Stanford. That's what we did our homework on. Um, the question did come up last night. I think this is Tim McManus asking the question uh, about if uh, Tanner McKee has any shot of being the Eagles' number two quarterback behind Jalen Hurts. Here you go. Big on competition, Nick. Does, does Tanner have a like a, a shot of, of earning the number two job, or is that kind of we're, we're way too early? Yeah, you're way too early on that. Marcus is our Marcus is our backup, and pleased with the way uh, Tanner's playing. I hate to do it, but we got ourselves a hypocrite. I mean, let's just call it for what it is. I love Nick Sirianni. I'm not going to do a lot of criticizing Nick Sirianni because I think he's a very good head coach. Uh, I think he delegates great, and he's already been in a Super Bowl and blah, blah, blah. I, mean, I, like, I like Nick Sirianni a lot. Um, but this is BS. This is the, the, oh, we love competition. Competition, core value. We got competition, core value, competition, one of our key principles is like competition. Marcus Mariota sucks in the preseason. Still his job. Tanner McKee plays great in the preseason. Not his job. A little early on that one. And look, uh, we had Mike Missinelli on the uh, post-game show last night with uh, me and Derek Gunn, and uh, Mike Missinelli was talking about how yeah, there's just no way that they're going to have Tanner McKee as their backup quarterback to Jalen Hurts. They're going to go out there and probably sign some veteran to come in here and be the backup quarterback. They, there, there was talk about Nick Foles possibly coming back to Philadelphia. I'm fine with it. I know that there's some people that would say you can't do that in Philly. He's a Super Bowl winner. You can't put that behind Jalen Hurts. Why would you do that to Jalen Hurts? I'll tell you why. Uh, because Jalen Hurts ain't Carson Wentz. Jalen Hurts, you put whoever you want behind me. Guess where they're going to be by the time the day's over? Behind me. Guess where they're going to be by the time the season's over? Behind me. Not Carson Wentz. Is there? Is he passing me? Is he passing me? In the words of one of my favorite philosophers of all of time, um, Satchel Page, don't look back. Something might be gaining on you. Um, Carson Wentz uh, does not apply uh, that philosophy to his thought process. Jalen Hurts does. He does apply that. I'm not going to worry about the guy behind me because I got this. Um, but Marcus Mariota. Uh, 87 regular season games he's appeared in. Uh, he's thrown uh, about 2,100 passes at the NFL level. He's completed about 62.6 of them. Uh, I think we know Marcus Mariota. Not that good. He's not that good. Competition. Core value. Whose job is it? Oh, it's Marcus Mariota's job. Cool. You know, he hasn't been playing right. Uh, well, right? Oh, uh, well, you know, we got to go to get to know Marcus Mariota. Okay. Guy's been in the league since 2015. Yeah. All right. That's That doesn't make any damn sense. Brick, that doesn't make any sense. I love Lamp. Um, that's where we're at uh, when it comes to the quarterback situation right now with the Philadelphia Eagles. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. The backup quarterback situation with Philadelphia. Here's what I'll say. Last night, uh, 
I, I'll rank the Philadelphia Eagles quarterbacks to throw a football. Okay. Number one, uh, the best uh, that I saw throw a football last night, that was Tanner McKay. Number two was Jalen Hurts after he caught that pass on the sideline. That was awesome. Got a big ovation, raised his hands. He embraced it, turned around, threw the football into the, into the crowd. And I thought, aha, this guy's got midseason form already for Jalen Hurts, that throw. And then, and then third was Marcus Mariota. That's my rankings for last night. Um, that's my rankings. Uh, all right. So that's the quarterback position right there. Uh, let's talk about Tyler Steen. He was one of the guys on my list going into last night's game. Third round pick, going to be a right guard for this team. Played left tackle last night, also played right guard. Tyler Steen, ladies and gentlemen. Second quarter, they're interviewing Dallas Goddard on the sideline. Dallas Goddard, of course, not suited up. He's just got the earpiece in. He's doing, got the microphone on. He's being interviewed by Scott Graham and uh, Ross Tucker. While they're interviewing him, or just before they interviewed him, just before they started that interview, Tyler Steen got called for a false start penalty. So then they start the interview. And on the field where they have the, they, they, you know, they make it the two box, okay, double boxes there. You got Dallas Goddard on one box, and then you got the game on the other box, right? So I'm watching that. And then I see that they all stop playing again. I'm like, there's another false start. There's another penalty on somebody? And then I'm looking, and I see they get the shot of Tyler Steen again. And I went, did Tyler Steen just get back-to-back false start penalties? And that's exactly what happened. Look, that's a really bad look for him. And I know a lot of people will dine on that. And that's a mistake made by a a rookie playing in an NFL stadium. And he's got a quarterback whose cadence he's trying to get used to. Um. I have high hopes for Tyler Steen down the line. Uh, I think he's got great foot movement. Um, I think he's going to, I think he's got the the smarts to be able to adapt from left or right tackle to play the guard position when he's called upon to do so. I think Jeff Stoutland and Stoutland university will work their magic with him either way. Even if I'm overselling him, I think eventually they'll get him to a point where down the line, he is a very big piece of this Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. There is no excuse for back-to-back uh, false start penalties. No excuse whatsoever. There's there's no, 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 nothing I could say to make anybody feel better about that. Uh, penalties in general were a big problem for the Eagles last night. Uh, on the kick, on the uh, field goal attempt where they, fortunately, Cade missed both of them. Well, fortunately, like I give a damn if he misses in the preseason or makes it. But uh, he, uh, the Eagles ended up giving him a second chance with a, uh, with a penalty. There were 11 penalties in the game in total. That's look, you don't want to see injuries and you don't want to see penalties. You want to see with penalties. It makes you feel like your team isn't ready. It makes you feel like they're not mentally focused. It makes you feel like your coach, their coach hasn't made a mentally focused for the game. Uh, so Nick Sirianni got asked about the 11 penalties in last night's game. And here's what Nick Sirianni had to say. Yeah, those, those will drive you crazy as a coach. Um, they'll drive you crazy as a, as a, as a team. Right. And so um, I wouldn't, again, like, you're always concerned when you have you never want to you never want to have things that we we always talk about this don't you know master the things that require no talent right and so pre-snap penalties we we believe that that's one of those things and and so you know we got to figure out what happened like was it the cadence was it the was it tyler uh you know what was it like we'll figure out what happened you know there's early talks of it obviously because you're trying to get it fixed during the game um, but you never want to see those like, and then, you know, going to the field goal, like, you know, the guy missed the, missed the, the one again. Um, but I mean, those are just penalties that those are things that get you beat. And so-
I love the idea of just master the things um, that take no talent. Just focus, master that. I love, I love that from Nick Sirianni. Uh, and he's right though; it will drive you crazy because it makes you look like you're not prepared. And seeing eleven penalties like that last night—that is dreadful. There's no excuses. No excuses there for the Philadelphia Eagles and 11 penalties, just like there's no excuses. Even if you are a rookie, there's no excuses there for um, Tyler Steen to be jumping offside. So if I got to give an official ruling for Tyler Steen, I got to say it stock down going stock down right there. Uh, Running backs. One of the things I told you guys yesterday, I'm going to be looking forward to is seeing the deployment of running backs. Kenny Gainwell got a touch last night. Uh, how many rushes does he have in total? He had two carries for six yards, <laughs> as long as it was eight, including getting the safety there. We saw Kenny Brooks uh, lead the team in carries last night. Uh, Kennedy Brooks, excuse me. And then Trey Sermon had five carries for 54 yards and a horrible fumble. Look, I know he had the big touchdown. He had great blocking in front of him. I don't care. The, the fumble can't happen. You know what's funny about that fumble, though, with the the the, the, uh, the Trey Sermon fella? Is as he was carrying the football, he had it high and tight. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I'm like, good for him. High and tight, protect the football fumble. Like literally, as the thought was running through my head, I was like, oh, he's got it high and tight. He came down with it a little bit when I think he was trying to shield himself from the block. And it was a Diabate who was making the play on that, I think, yesterday. He ended up forcing the fumble out, forcing the ball out. And I thought, well, Trey Sermon, your time is done. He did have a bounce back play where he ran for the touchdown. That was nice to see a 33 yard touchdown score. But uh, Dennis Kelly, I think it was Brett Toth made huge blocks on that. I mean, they were double teaming the guy. They just put him on roller skates and pushed him back. Also, by the way, speaking of Dennis Kelly, I'm going to go just jump to him real quick. Stock definitely up for him. I'll wrap, put a bow on Trey Sermon stock down. Uh, Kenny Gainwell or did get two carries. One was the safety. So that wasn't good. Um, so I got to go stock down there, but that's more on the offensive line more so than anything. Josh Sills, most notably. So I'll go stock down there, unfortunately, because I can't have a guy have two carries. One of them be a safety and say, oh, yeah, great game. Uh, so that's a bit of an issue. Let me talk about Dennis Kelly. Uh, I think he should end up making this team. Uh, veteran player, can play guard, can play tackle wherever you need him. So he could be that Swiss Army knife. He could be a Swiss Army knife along like a guy like Jack Driscoll as well. Play basically wherever you need him to play. So I think he's going to end up making this team. But how about this? Dennis Kelly goes out there and uh, makes a block on a screen play, which was fantastic. See him get off the line of scrimmage and go off field and make a block. Uh, and then he had that play along with um, uh, uh, Brett Toth 
in a, a driving back. I think it was the linebacker. No, it was their defensive tackle that was trying to come up and make a play on the Trey Sermon touchdown run. So Dennis Kelly, uh, stock up. Running backs, eh, not so great last night, unfortunately. Rashad Penny still looks good. He had two carries for 18 yards. So uh, nine yards a carry? Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll take that. Not too shabby, including a 16-yard run, by the way. Uh, so I'll go stock up when it comes to the uh, when it comes to Rashad Penny. Everybody else stock down in the running back room. Corners, man. Cornerbacks last night. Eli Ricks, bro, bro, falling down, getting beat. That's not good. Kelly uh, Keely Ringo, dude. What the hell was that? Second quarter of last night's game, third and three. Killy Ringo has his man covered extremely well. Extremely well. Even is holding his jersey. <laughs> and as he's doing that, he turns to look for the football and has no idea where the football is. Spoiler, Keely Ringo, it was over your head. Right in the receiver's arms, he makes the play. He looks like a damn fool on that play. Got to be better than that at the NFL level. Got to be better than that. He just looked lost on that play. And the thing was, he had decent coverage. Decent coverage. He was right there to make a play. His mind was not there with him. His focus was not there with him. Turned around, looked for a football. Okay, good. Um, make a play on the football? Not good. It was the, it was the, it was one of the strangest plays preseason and regular season that I've ever seen because he was literally looking where he should have been looking and did not see the football. He just stood there. If you put a solid, just get a hand up, bat it down, maybe intercept it. I don't know. Uh, but that was uh, not exactly a great play by Keely Ringo. Uh, Eli Ricks had one particular play where I thought he had really good coverage uh, and then just a perfect back shoulder throw and he got beat on it. So that was that. And then he had another play where he fell down. I've talked about Tanner McKee, uh, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith for what you saw from them last night. Well, yeah, it's good. Impressed. Uh, ben Von Sumeren, special teams tackle, also made a good open field tackle, also batted down a ball. If you guys remember before training camp, one of the guys I was like, I don't really see it. People are telling me about this raw talent for Ben Van Sumer. Yeah, it's great. I don't need raw talent. I need to see talent. I need to see a guy perform at the linebacker position. I need to see a guy perform when it comes to special teams. Did both those things last night? Yeah, definitely. You can see raw talent, but uh, I like to see talent. And he showed the talent last night. I thought his stock was very much up. Look, when I say stock up for a guy like Ben Van Sumer, Von Sumer, I don't, I'm not saying that he's going out there and he's going to be a starter for you this year. I'm not even saying he's going to make the 53-man roster, but he has made a case for himself on the practice squad uh, with the way he performed last night and the way really he really has been performing in the preseason over two games. And apparently they also like the way that he's practicing. So I'm all about it. I'm all about it, folks, uh, when it comes to Ben Van Sumeren. I'm buying in. Um, Tyree Jackson. We've been waiting for him to make a play. Tanner McKee comes into the ball game. His favorite target uh, was uh, uh, Ngata. Great to see that. They, had, they connected on a couple of good throws there, a couple of good plays. Uh, and then uh, Tyree Jackson makes a big play down the sideline. Tanner McKee again rolling to his right, finds him downfield, uh, hits Tanner, uh, hits uh, Tyree Jackson in stride for a 35-yard gain. You love to see that. And then uh, Brady Russell, same type of play, rolling to his right. Tanner McKee hits Brady Russell, a special teamer, 
uh, tight end position there who also made a play on special teams as well. Reeled in that pass for 22 yards and the touchdown. Uh, it was a thing of beauty. Johnny King had the two point conversion. Love that. Also, when it comes to Brian Johnson, I, I've said all preseason, uh, all training camp, that the biggest question mark is your coordinators. If you talk about your coordinators and stock up, stock down with either of them, first thing I'll say is this. Um, draw up that two point conversion. Draw up plays for your quarterback to roll to his right when he's not exactly known as being a mobile quarterback and your quarterback making those plays and being comfortable. Uh, big credit to Brian Johnson. Uh, you're not game planning. You're just seeing what your guys can do. Did a great job of seeing what a guy like uh, uh, Tanner McKee could do uh, last night uh, on the other side of that. So I'll give a thumbs up for Brian Johnson stock up for Brian Johnson. Sean Desai. I, I just talked about Ben, ben Van Sumeren. Uh Sean Desai sent him on a couple of blitzes. Sean, Sean, we don't. Sean, just say we don't blitz here. What are you? What are you doing? What are you crazy? Blitz a guy? <laughs> uh, but I saw it last night, so I'm gonna go stock up for uh, uh, Sean Desai. Uh, yeah, that's what I'll do right there. But Tyree Jackson, good to see him make a play last night for the Eagles. So that was a that was a nice thing to look at. Uh, Brady Russell, I mentioned. Oh, Kayvon Wallace was back in the game. Eagles did this with some other guys. Uh, Zach Cunningham was one of them as well. Eagles, I look up in the fourth quarter, all of a sudden, Kayvon Wallace is back in the game. I asked John McMullen about it during postgame last night, and he just said, well, somebody's got to play. <laughs> I said, well, that's it. The, the math would add up to that. That's basically what it come down to. Somebody had to play. And Zach McPherson, or excuse me, uh, uh, Zach Cunningham, uh, his number got called again late, uh, as did Kayvon Wallace. So defensively speaking, you saw the guys, those guys back out there. Um Teron Jackson had a couple of good plays. I would say his stack was up after last night. Josiah Scott had himself a tackle for loss. Good to see that for Josiah Scott. Rooting for you, fella. Justin Evans. Um, not a much. Not a much there. Don't really know what his role is going to be, if he's going to have a role at all. But uh, yeah, they did use him in punt return, and he promptly fumbled the football, so that was cool. Uh, Terrell Edmonds, really not a lot to get into there. Uh, stock up, sure. There you go. I'll give you an easy grade there. Uh, and that concludes my list for last night. Oh, no, wait. Hold on a second. Uh, pots and pans. When the hell was this? Was this the fourth quarter? Yeah. Fourth quarter of last night's game. I think I got all these names. I wrote down their numbers and then double-checked, but here you go. So Kellen Mond is... Uh, behind uh he's under center in the fourth quarter eagles have the browns backed up on the goal line you know where we're going with this yet yeah okay if you didn't see this uh mon goes back into his own end zone uh generius robinson gets a hand in on mon to try to force a fumble does not do it then teron jackson uh moro emojo and Ben Van Sumeren, okay? Near strip, whiff, missed tackle, whiff. And uh, Kellen Mond ended up scrambling uh, for uh, six yards on the play to get a first down. One, two, three, four. At least four Eagles whiff on making a play on uh, fourth string quarterback Kellen Mond <laughs> on that play. And I just remember thinking, like, cut, 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 released. Um, that might be what comes out today. But um, not the best look. 
And then terrible look, unfortunately, not even a terrible look, but I don't even want to diminish it because the guy got hurt and he got stretchered off the field. Uh, but Moro Ojomo uh, ended up getting stretchered off the field, but he had an opportunity to make a play. He did not. Uh, but obviously, I hope he's okay. Tyree Cleveland, by the way, and um, uh, Moro Mojo did have movement in their extremities. So that's obviously a great sign. Uh, so less worry there. So good to good to see that. Uh, Nick Sirianni did not get into details after the game about what was going on with either of those two players. Uh, but it was uh, talked about afterwards, saying that all of them had uh, movement in their extremities. So great to see that. Uh, so overall, last night, a lot of the young guys that were looking to make a bigger name for themselves or carve out a bigger role for themselves uh, or a better, uh, their odds of making the team. A lot of them did really help their odds. The only real stock down uh, back-to-back penalties aren't going to help you. Uh, Tyler Steen. <clears throat> so I'll take that away. Say that uh, his stock was down after last night. And then um, I think it was uh, Janarius Robinson who had the penalties or had the penalty to allow a second attempt at the field goal. Uh, yeah. Uh, Got to say stock down right there. Uh, Eli Ricks stock down, unfortunately for him. Oh, Zach McPherson. It felt like the first 10 plays of the game, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson was just targeting your boy, Zach McPherson, like something terrible. I, I don't know if he had a, he's got something against him, but man, he was just hammering him. Every play was Zach McPherson. That's how Zach McPherson is one of the leaders in tackles in this game because everything was to him in the first in the early goings of the game. Uh, so there you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, there's my official grades for last night's game. Uh, and let me just say this: uh, I, I, we don't really do this too often, but I, I, I do mean this. I have to say this. Thank you, NFL, for one of the greatest decisions in the modern sports era to no longer allow preseason games to go into overtime. Thank you, NFL. Much appreciated. Uh, so that's where I'm at with all that. Hey, before I get to the Phillies, and they start their series tonight with the Nationals, 7.05 in D.C., uh, I got to mention this. Again, I'm not going to be held hostage, but if news comes out, I'm going to talk about it. James Harden spoke to KHOU11 in Houston, spoke to Jason Bristol last night, and Jason Bristol asked him. Now, again, this is after James Harden came out (laughs) and said that Daryl Morey is a liar and he'll never be a part of an organization that Daryl Morey is also a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Morey is a liar. Okay, so that begs the question. Can your relationship be repaired? Okay. James Harden by uh, saying, okay, so he's asked the question, is it too late to repair the relationship with the Sixers? I think so, says James Harden. Okay, not not breaking news. That should be fairly obvious to all of us. So then he goes on to say, I've been patient all summer. Uh, When he was asked about how much patience he needs to go through this situation uh, and watch it play out. James Harden goes on to say, for me, it's just focused on what I can control, and that's working out, staying in shape, and getting ready for a good season. Staying in shape, eh? It is a fat suit. To the people on the podcast, it is definitely a fat suit. Um, As I've told you guys, um, the Sixers have already lost the trade. The Sixers have already lost the trade. They were going to lose it already. Now they're going to get blown out in the trade. 
Phillies are back at it tonight. 7.05 start time in South Philadelphia, excuse me, in uh, in uh, Washington, D.C. when they started this three-game series with the Nationals. Michael Lorenzen will get the start against the Nats. Can't wait to see it. His first start since the no-hitter. Uh, my, my one request for the Phillies, my one request for the Phillies, is uh, you had a day off, second day off of the week. There is no reason Bryce Harper should be doing anything other than playing first base tonight. He should be playing first base tonight. Jay Cave, Weston Wilson, Brandon Marsh, big hit for the Iron Pigs last night. I didn't like how he went into second. He went into second rather gingerly. Uh, but uh, Brandon Marsh could be uh, back in the with the big league ball club sooner rather than later. Um, but, yeah, 7.05 start time. So maybe he's in left field tonight. Maybe Jay Cave's out there. Maybe Weston Wilson's out there. We'll see what actually happens. But uh, John Aiden will go and get the start for the um, – Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Uh, Nationals tonight. He's coming off an injury as well. Uh, 25-year-old right-handed pitcher, 514 ERA on the season. He's got just uh, two starts under his belt so far, so we'll see what he's uh, got going on here. Uh, but, yeah, that game starts at 7.05 tonight. Look forward to the Phillies getting back in action tonight. Did I say it wrong, Mike? Mike is right. Ojomo. Uh, I'm saying I'm saying Ojomo. Am I not? I believe I'm saying Ojomo correctly. Anyway, uh, let's get to the chat. Check and see how you wonderful people are doing on this fine morning. Started over here on the Farzi Show chat. What's going on? Sean Gillespie, Sean Kilrain. A good morning. What's going on, boys? We got the Sean's just piping out here. Mia Sanchez, what's going on? Travis, Travis, what's going on? All right, let's see what we got going on here with you guys. Um, it'd be really nice if this worked. Please work. No. Why are you being weird? Not you guys in the chat, my my computer. Charlotte, good morning. Uh, Charlotte, just got to keep in mind preseason concerning Mariota. Preseason, please don't get hurt. Jalen hurts. I went to, but bottom line is, you need to have a backup quarterback that you have confidence in. It's not like you don't want to. It's the backup quarterback position is a weird thing for coaches, fans, the backup quarterback himself. Because it's like, I hope you never play, but if you do, you better be ready. Like, you can't suck. I don't have any confidence. If if the unfortunate status quo stays the same with Jalen Hurts where he misses two games, I don't got confidence. And I have more confidence in Gardner Minshew than I do Marcus Mariota. And, and Nick Sirianni saying we need to find what Marcus Mariota does well. Really? That's some weak sauce, bro. That's weak. Um, Sean Kilrain, you need guys that are going to go balls to the wall for our defense. I agree. I agree. Uh, he goes on to say, uh, Cuttingham will be our TJ Edwards, hopefully. That is the case. If that's the case, Farzi, why was Jack playing with the third unit? Shake my head. Uh, same reason, because they needed bodies. They needed guys to go out there. It was a very long game, a lot of snaps. Actually, I meant to look this up. 
Um, because it did feel like, obviously, it felt like a really long game, not just a regular old preseason long game, but a really long game. Uh, where we had total plays, holy pots and pans. The Browns had 83 total plays last night. Jeez. Not to invoke this name, but that's a Chip Kelly number. 83 plays? Good God. Eagles only had 60 or 59. They had 59 plays last night. Um, so yeah, they, they basically just needed bodies. Like somebody's got to play. If you got that many snaps, you got to have different guys out there. You don't want to be killing these guys in the old preseason, right? Uh, definitely balls to the wall. No, no being timid only in the intelligent way. I agree. Sean Gillespie, Sean Conner, I think Morrow is out. Like you said, they said probably goes on the practice squad. It's quite possible. Uh, Nick, you have to talk to Jim Kelly about Mariota. Mariota can't even throw a tantrum. <laughs> Quoted from the Jacob Media chat. Was that last night, Sean? That's great. Me, I say what's going on. That's why it's preseason. Eagles be ready for week one. Mariota's a backup for a reason. Fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah, but here's the thing. And here's what bothers me about veterans versus young guys that look good, okay, in the preseason. I know what Marcus Mariota is. I think we should all know what Marcus Mariota is. The Eagles should know what Marcus Mariota is. If he's showing you... Um, if Marcus Mariota is showing you that he can't throw consistently and accurately, and he's showing you also that he's a guy that has two times lost his job as a starter in the NFL, it doesn't just mean because he's a because it doesn't just mean a guy can't start that it means he'll be a good backup quarterback. If a guy loses his starting job twice. It doesn't just mean that, oh, he's better suited as a backup. Yeah, he might be better suited as a backup, but it might also mean that he's just not a good quarterback. That's the harsh reality of it. Now, Tanner McKee, on the other hand, because he doesn't have experience, he doesn't, he doesn't have a track record, you don't know what could go out there. He could go out there, and he could be this much better. As we have seen in the preseason, he could be this much better than Marcus Mariota right now. But we don't know that because we don't know his resume. We know the resume of Mar Marcus Mariota. Apparently, the Eagles don't. Um, so yeah, uh, Tanner McKee might be better. <laughs> he might go on to have a better career than Marcus Mariota. Like you don't know, but here's what I do know. I know what you're going to get from Marcus Mariota. It ain't that good. It's not a high bar to beat. That's why when you talk about the young guys, people are always like, well, you can't go. He's inexperienced. He's too young. Really? But what if he's just good? What if he's just better? We don't know that yet. But it's not like Marcus Mariota is like, well, he's got to be better than a Hall of Fame quarterback like Marcus Mariota. No, it doesn't have to be that. He's got to be better than a guy who is now doomed to be a backup. Somebody mentioned uh, bringing in Carson Wentz. <laughs> hey, uh, he wouldn't get a chance to add to his collection of, uh, let's see, uh, team apparel. What is it? The Eagles helmet, the commander's jersey, and um, the Colts shorts. So we just keep the Eagles helmet. There we go. Look at that. Just get him, get him a Kelly Green. We'll be all set. Kidding, of course. Kidding. May I Sanchez? Hello. Uh, so much was preseason. Two of three for the Nationals is great. Uh, hey, screw it. Sweep the Nationals. Only acceptable outcome. Van Wilder will make the squad, says Sean Kilroy. Write that down. Uh, Sean Kilroy on defense. Uh, Doop. Our defense from front rotation is going to be scary for teams this season. Pick your poison. I'm telling you right now, 
I know people will scoff at the idea of getting more um, sacks than last year. And yeah, 70 is going to be tough, but I think they're going to get, I think this is at least a 50 sack team. I think you could be flirting with 60, uh, 70. Yeah. That's a, a piping hot take, but I don't think it's impossible. The idea of having Nolan Smith and Hassan Reddick is a huge X factor. Having the push in the middle of your line of scrimmage that you're expecting for both Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter, uh, Jordan Davis. That sounds pretty dangerous to me. And if Sean Desai, let's just say this too. If Sean Desai blitzes even a little bit more, if he is even a little bit more aggressive, then yeah, you're going to have a big opportunity because you obviously weren't getting that from Jonathan Gannon. Oh, I missed that. I, Sean Kilroy. Steen's facial expression totally said I messed up. I didn't see his facial expression, but I can only imagine. Uh, Travis Rilk, uh, Ricklin, what's up? Jalen Carter need to start three defensive tackle and two pass rushers. Uh, that's the smart move. Three defensive tackles, one defensive pass rush. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I'll go with that. One thing I do like that Sean Desai is doing, and uh, I know I questioned it, but I do like it overall, is I love getting guys as versatile as possible as uh, multi-dimensional as possible. And Jordan Davis lining up as a defensive end in the first preseason game, I think is a great thing. Uh, have that opportunity. I absolutely love that. And then have the opportunity to have Hassan Reddick and Nolan Smith, maybe in on the same play and Brandon Graham, maybe on one other side of the line of scrimmage, Josh sweat on the other side as well. Yeah. I love all that. Uh, professor Dutch. What's up, professor Dutch. Philly's about to go on a run. Damn right. Boomer Farsi moments happens to the best of us, but <laughs> I can't push buttons. Professor Dutch, I have the word weird tattoo. Don't feel bad. Okay. Wait, hold on a second. Thank you, Farsi, for the goods. We Eagles fans are the luckiest fools out there these past years. Philly Dogs era starting now. I hope so. Uh, Professor Dutch, uh, I can't think football yet. Too emotionally invested in the fightings, ready to get hurt again. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I, um, I, I, I find myself just trying to keep up with the Eagles. But like my emotion, and I think everyone's emotion right now should be with the Phillies. I mean, they're the, they're, the, they're the team that's playing some meaningful games right now, obviously. The Eagles are, are, I mean, they're playing preseason football. We're trying to evaluate to project for what they what they could be doing when they open their season in a couple of weeks up in New England. On game days, I'll be emotionally invested in the Eagles. But, again, on game days, uh, I'll be emotionally invested in the Phillies like because the Phillies have more of those. Uh, but that's the nature of the beast when it comes to football. Uh, I can't think of football yet too much. Sean Kilray, what's up? Uh, Moria, no right to be in the quarterback documentary series. What the hell was Peyton thinking? Peyton Manning, of course, the executive producer. I believe he got that title with that show. Here's what I figured out. I haven't finished watching the series yet. I've kind of gotten sidetracked with it. But Kirk Cousins isn't losing his job. Okay, so let's put it like this. I think they had three great tiers of quarterbacks to tell three different stories. They had the best in the business. Like, think about this. They're, they do the quarterback show. The best in the business in Patrick Mahomes is in that series. Then they have a guy who's a, a really good starting quarterback. He's not the best. He's far from the worst. He's a really good starting quarterback. 
in Kirk Cousins. So not that he's the middle of the road, but between Patrick Mahomes the best, Kirk Cousins in the middle, and then way down there, Marcus Mariota, a guy that could lose his starting job. They covered every facet of quarterback. The best, the guy that's more in the middle of the road, but still really good. And then the guy that could lose his job at any second. I thought they did a great job. I, I've seen four or five episodes, four episodes. Got the rest to go, but uh, that's one of the things. Like, and I was thinking the same thing. I was like, why would you even have Marcus Mariota? And I'm like, well, why would you have Kirk Cousins? And I'm like, oh, they're doing, wait, hold on. This is actually perfect. Light bulb went off. See that? I am learning. We learn together. Uh, what else do we got here? Jumping over to the uh, Jacob Media YouTube channel. What's going on? Babs. Good morning, Babs. Good morning, Farzi. Even the Eagle. Even though the Eagles played last night, I missed the Phillies. It's uh, time for a stretch run. Let's go. And then Mike Wright is just saying, oh, Jomo. Thoughts and prayers? I don't know. Uh, thanks, everybody, in the chat. You guys are great, as per usual. I will be back in the saddle with you wonderful people coming up in a little bit uh, when I talk uh, all things Eagles, Sixers, Phillies, with Derek Gunn coming up at noon today. So uh, bonus me today. You get three more hours. I talked to Derek Gunn, uh, a man I greatly admire. I talked to Derek Gunn for... Four and a half hours yesterday. Three hours of uh, sports take and then an hour and a half in post game. Uh, now, hopefully today, um, Derek Gunn will do. Let's see. Yesterday, he did his Lucky Charms leprechaun impression, which literally made me cry. I cried tears while laughing. <laughs> That's how funny it was. And then last night, he did uh, the, 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 the Mo or Curly from the Three Stooges. And I didn't think I'd ever see uh, Derek Gunn do impressions. I, I, speaking of versatility, the man's very versatile, but I didn't know he had those talents in him. Uh, but we'll talk to Derek Gunn. I'll get, I'll get a chance to talk to Derek Gunn again today. So there you go. Uh, Travis Rickett, I know, I, I know, guys, I'm just not into the baseball vibe. I'm sorry, fam. All good. All good. I, I get it. I get it. Not everybody's a baseball person. Not everybody's four for four, man, or five for five. Six for six with the union and the wings, baby. Um, I get it. I get it. Uh, thanks, everybody. I'll be back with you guys. Oh, get this. Okay, so I'll give you with you guys at 12 o'clock today, sports sake. And then I'll be back with you guys for the Phillies uh, Fightings postgame show here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel as well. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. You guys are great as per usual. Uh, coming up at 8 o'clock on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, you can check out our friends uh, Johnny Mac and Jody Mac. For Birds 365, they'll be recounting everything from uh, last night's game. Uh, Jim Heidenproof's program did a wonderful job as per usual. My name is Mark Farzetta. I'll catch you guys, uh, well, later today on Sports Take, then tonight. Then I'll catch you guys again on Monday. Until then, have a wonderful weekend, everybody, in case I don't see you. Have a great one. Talk to you soon. Bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.